All right, so I might be stretching just a little bit in today's homily and the connection I want to make. But when I read those words from Christ, he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Who finds his life will lose it. Um, I could only think about one thing, perception. Is my perception of reality causing me to lose my life or is it giving me life? Is it causing me to find life? And I think that perception of reality is tied very directly into our relationship with Jesus Christ. There's a saying, be careful. You'll always find what you're looking for. Be careful. You'll always find what you're looking for. Good or bad, positive or negative. If you're looking for it, you can find it. You think about it like angry people always find something new to be angry about in their life, the church, the world, whatever it might be. Joyful people those types of people we all silently despise in our hearts, always find something really good to look at at life. You know, there's always some sort of optimism that keeps them always finding the good. Why is that? Because they're looking for it. That's why the, the question is actually so important for us. What am I looking for in life? And is what I'm finding giving me life or is it taking it away? Because the world will always reveal itself according to what we're looking for. I don't know if you've ever heard of the invisible gorilla experiment that Harvard did. Show of hands. Okay, great. I get to be the first one to tell you. So you can do this with your friends. This is really cool. So they had, back in the 90s, what, you can see this on YouTube. It's two teams. Three, three people on each team. Three dressed in white, three dressed in black. There's two basketballs. Each team is just passing the basketball back and forth to their, to their own color, and they're moving all around. And your goal is to, for about one minute, you have to watch how many passes the white team makes back and forth. And so you're just totally focused on that. Well, about one minute in, they stop the video, they tell you the answer, and then they ask a question. Did you see the black gorilla? You'd be like, what are you talking about? Well... Halfway through that video at one point, a man in a gorilla costume walks out into the middle of the mix, beats his chest, waves, and then walks on. He's only on there for like five seconds. What they found was half the people watching that video didn't see the gorilla. Why was that? Simply put, they weren't looking for him. This says something very, very important about our perception that our goals, our filters of what we're looking for, defines what we see. Right? So no one was looking for a gorilla, so no one saw it when it came out. They were just focused on that goal. And that our perception in our mind filters the way that we see the world. It filters the way we see our lives. It filters the way we see everything. And that's why we ultimately find what we're looking for. Because life reveals itself according to our perceptions, and it necessarily blocks out everything that is irrelevant to our goal, to our preconceived notions, even if it's a gorilla standing right in front of us, pounding its chest. That's why the warning is very real. Be careful, because you'll always find what you're looking for. If I want to see something wrong with the world, I can find it. If I want to see corruption in the world, I can find it. If I want to see abuse and violence in the world, I can find it. If I want to find reasons to believe in God 
The opposite is also true. If I want to find reasons to hope, reasons to have joy, reasons to love, I can find that too. You know, so often marriage in married couples, for example, not this is irrelevant to any of you, but if someone's having problems in their relationship, what happens often is once you get a pessimistic view of the relationship, your, your whole filter changes and you start seeing all these bad things about the relationship and it just keeps multiplying. Why? Because your filter in your mind has now become negative. But the same thing can uh, happen on the opposite end. The more you try to look for the good in your spouses, in your family, in your life, the more the good begins to reveal itself. And, you know, at one point, just a couple of years ago, I was ordained like soon after all the scandals broke out and everything in the church and the corruption, the hierarchy and all that. And I got really sucked into watching the news because I wanted to understand what was going on in my own church and how I could be a part of that or just to protect myself. I thought it'd be safer to understand what the negatives are. And I noticed that the more I was watching the news, the more I was watching media and YouTube and listening to people's feedback on social media, the darker and darker my world was getting, the more anxious and angry I was feeling. And the more I felt like a victim, like a woe is me type of thing. Why do I have to be a priest in such difficult times as these? And a man said to me one time when I was talking to him about this, he said, be very careful about calling yourself a victim because if you do it enough, it becomes true. If the story I tell myself about my life, about my identity is that I'm a victim and that every part of my life in different ways has I've been on the receiving and what happens is that becomes my identity. That becomes my reality. And I go into my world with that filter. So everything around me then becomes an oppressor. I become the oppressed, the victimized, the subjugated. And all of a sudden, the beauty in the world just starts falling away. It can happen to any of us. So how does this relate to Christ's warning in the gospel? Whoever finds his life loses it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. I don't know. I just want to talk about the gorilla experiment, and I thought it was a good, a good time to bring it up. Now, I think it actually really relates to the question, who informs my reality? Who is the one that gives me the narrative of my life, of my history, of my world? Who is the one who tells me how to think about the story of my life in my present situation? And I think that's why Christ says, unless you love me more than mother, father, brother, sister, everybody else out there, you're not worthy of me. Because it's the people we love most in this world, that's who we go to to give us a narrative. It's their opinion that we lean on to tell us what we should think about our life, about our story, about our suffering. And that creates our entire filter. So to love Jesus Christ above everybody else in this world really means to go to him first with our life. Jesus Christ is the one who tells me who I am. Jesus Christ is the one who gives me my identity. Jesus Christ is the one who tells me how to see my marriage, how to see my church, how to see my town, how to see my life, how to see my work, how to see my suffering. And the more that he allow, we allow him to filter that, the more we'll be transformed.
Because the, the, the very scary fact is that no one just sees the world as it is. We all have a filter through which we're perceiving reality. For example, if any of you go out and watch that Harvard video of the invisible gorilla, none of you are going to be concerned about how many times the basketball goes back and forth between the white team and black team, right? You're just going to be looking at the gorilla, waiting for him to come out. Why is that? Because I biased your opinion. I told you what to look for, and now you're going to go out looking for that, and you're inevitably going to find it. Whenever someone else tells us what to look for, they immediately bias our perception. And we go into the world with that preconceived notion of what we're trying to find. And inevitably, we find it for good or for bad. And that's why you really got to be careful with the news. Because the news media has a filter. It doesn't matter if it's liberal or conservative. They both have preconceived ideas about what they want us to see in the world. And the more we watch their stations, whatever it might be, the more we go into the world looking for the very things that they told us about, and the more we find it. And the, if the perception is wrong, if it's tainted, what we're receiving, then our vision of the world will be tainted. So our thoughts will be tainted, and our actions after that will be tainted. I don't know if you've ever read The Lord of the Rings or seen the movies. This isn't in the movie itself, but there's one, there's one guy named Denethor, and he has this ball. He's, a, he's trying to fight the evil you know, um, Sauron and all the dark army, but he has this ball he can look into, and he can see what's happening on the other side. He can see all the chaos and the destruction that the, that, that the enemy is building up. So he becomes obsessed with studying that ball to find out how he can beat the enemy. What he doesn't realize, though, is that Sauron the evil villain, he's feeding that ball with constant negativity. He's constantly showing only chaos and destruction and the enemy getting stronger and stronger. And little by little, Denethor, as he's looking at this, it begins to fill his mind with darkness. And he ends up despairing of the very battle he was training for. He lost all hope and he gave up. And the worst part about it, it wasn't a true image of reality. It was tainted. The problem is, there's always going to be evil in the world. And that's why we have to be very careful, because we'll find whatever it is we're looking for. You want to see corruption? Look for it. You'll find it. You want to see violence and hatred? Look for it. You will find it. You want to see problems in the church? Look for it. I promise you, you will find it. But when you find it, and if we find enough of it, we'll end up losing our life. We'll lose our soul. The light in our eyes, the hope that we have, the love that we have, will slowly just drain right out of us. And that's why I think the essence of conversion is perception of reality. Not so much what you do, but what you see. The word conversion itself comes from the Greek word metanoia. Meta means above and beyond. Noia means mind. So conversion to Christ means changing your perception of reality. No longer seeing reality according to what I see, what I think, but allowing it to be filtered 
through the eyes of God himself, revealing my life to me. And how, do, how does God see reality? I think God's a, he's a hopeless optimist. And I think that because the more I pray and the more I t- spend time in adoration and read the scriptures, the more hopeful I become. Like the better my life becomes, the better my present situation, regardless of the, situ- the suffering, becomes. But the more I just try to go into my own life with my own logic or go to the news media, ever, the darker everything gets. Like the devil is perpetually just pissed off. That's all he is. He's just constantly angry and everything is dark and misery loves company. So anyone who is feeling dark and miserable is going to try to suck you into that. And that's what the devil's main goal is. To paint everything in our life black. So that's why it's really important to ask ourselves that constantly, what is my vision of the world? And is that vision, is it giving me life? Is it illuminating my reality as it is in all its brokenness? Or is it taking my life away? Is it taking my hope away? Is it painting everything black? Conversion is seeing reality as God himself sees it. One last story. There's a man I know just this week got his thumb bitten off by a dog. That was pretty... Anyone else feeling bad today? Just think about that. You know, that was... He still has to work. Um, he, this happened on like a Tuesday and he calls me on Wednesday and he was feeling so bad. He's a carpenter, right? So he needs as much utility as he can from his hands. Um, but he was nauseated because they had him on pain meds and, you know, his thumb is killing him still. And he's worried about, you know, all the different things that are going to come about because of this. But at one point he was driving with his family and he's sitting in the front seat And a woman drives out right in front of him. And he sees her turn the wheels on her car as she's doing this. And he's never seen this before in his life. But as she's turning her wheels on her car, her wheel on her car, he notices that both of her hands are completely deformed from a birth defect. Like they never grew past, you know, the age of two type of thing. So her entire life, she's been living with that malfunction of her hands. And all of a sudden, he said he went from feeling so sorry for himself and so angry at his situation, he was immediately filled with light and gratitude for all that he still did have and all the years that he did have with his hands. What did he experience right there? A conversion, a metanoia. He went from seeing his reality as he saw it to God's eyes, and it filled him with gratitude and peace. So be careful. You will always find what you're looking for. And just like that grill experiment, the viewers became so obsessed with watching that ball go back and forth that they missed the manifestation of the gorilla standing right in front of them. The same thing can happen with all of us. We can become so obsessed with looking at all the problems in the world around us that we can miss the most wonderful revelation of our lives. The revelation of God himself becoming present in the very Eucharist right in front of us on this altar. That's the mystery that defines our life. It defines our church. And that's the mystery that should define our vision of reality. 
And if he's the only one we're looking for, then no matter what we lose, we will always find a reason to hope, a reason to rejoice, a reason to love. We will always find our life in Jesus Christ.